What's up, guys, and welcome back to another Sometimes You'll Go to Bed Angry podcast. My name is Rochelle. What's going on? I'm Sam. And welcome back to another one. If you are new, hey, glad to have you. And if you're an oldie but goodie, what's up? What's going on, <laughs> folks? It's good to have y'all back. Oh, my gosh. So, hi, baby. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, you know. I mean... It was another work week. Uh, however, our weekend was. Eventful. I was about to say we actually had a pretty good weekend. I'm worn out from the weekend. Pretty good packed weekend. Could use the extra day. Oh, man, so obviously it was St. Patrick's Day, and one of our friends—we're not really like St. Patrick's Day celebrators—but our friends had a birthday on this day, and so she took us. She invited us to like this arcade thing yeah. bowling thing karaoke it's all in one type of thing mm-hmm. and so a group of friends of us went and that was really fun mm-hmm. um mom watched the baby so we got to just be out with no kid um and shout out to the grandmas out there shout out to grandmoms letting adults still have a life <laughs> right <laughs> and so that was really fun um the next day we took hillary to the aquarium and uh that was fun like I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I was so happy for her. Like I was just like, oh my gosh, she's gonna enjoy this. But the experience itself was just so stressful. Like from traffic to just walking around, I was just like, girl, you better get everything out of this because you Atlanta, ain't coming back for another couple years. <laughs> Atlanta is basically one giant man trap. Like you drive into Atlanta and it's traffic. You get to the facility you're trying to go, and it's lines, and you get to the exhibits you're trying to see, and it's more lines. And it's yeah, just it was like, just like, what? Oh There's got to be a better way to do gonna this. When are we going to get here? Still waiting. <laughs> yeah. So I but, even had somewhere to, and then, and then like my mom, we took our mom, so she took us out to dinner after that. Yeah. And then like my cousin wanted to go somewhere. At that point, I was like, you look, look, cause yeah, I'm going to have friends to, even the one to invite us out. We was like, man, we're just I'm going to have to reschedule. Yeah. But normally we are in the crib and or either one of us has a busy weekend but the other one is chill so it was good to have a weekend where we were just like doing family stuff and we both were kind of just um engaged but believe you me we are one out and above all hillary had an amazing time she literally got to see she has like this little toy box we have with all these different animals in it Mm -hmm. and the animal packs were half like aquatic animals the other were land animals Mm -hmm. it's like the aquatic side of things she finally got to see all those animals in real life i I was i'm like i love this for you uh, Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yeah. So she's seeing sharks and jellyfish and all that stuff like yeah. that. So I was I was really happy about it. Okay. Well, enough about us. We want to get right into the podcast. Today's podcast is called "An Apology Is Not Accountability." Mm. And ooh, I feel like this is like a podcast that's that like shake, shaking the table. And in this podcast today, we are talking about reconciliation and what that truly means, right? Exactly. Um, I feel like as you do this life thing, you know, for many different reasons, you're going to meet people and um, you're going to just come from different places. You're going to have different upbringings. You're going to have different expectations. You're going to have just different ways of doing life. And as a result, um, conflict is natural, right? Yeah. Um, you know, um, one of the things I always say is that like, you know, I find that a lot of people are afraid of conflict, but it's just like, 
conflict is something that should almost be kind of like it's just normal like it's just a part of life but for yeah. some reason it really breaks people down um reconciliation is really hard for us right um and we either want to avoid it altogether or we want to like reconcile but still do it in a way where like our pride is still intact so right, reconciliation right. ends up being done um like it, it ends up being done halfway yeah right and so that's what we want to talk about today. We want to talk about conflict. Obviously, we're married, and so we have our own conflict, you know, between each other sometimes. Um, we've experienced conflict with other people outside of our marriage. This could be a family. This could be friends. You know, this can be associates, right? Um, and so we feel like we have not only knowledge on the area of conflict, but we've also, like, made great strides in how yeah. we handle conflict and so we just kind of wanted to share some of our thoughts with you and hope that um you could um take this with you in your own relationships yeah i'd agree man i mean there's just so many different ways that conflict kind of manifests itself mm-hmm. and uh even the conflict resolution in and of itself how that manifests itself so there's so many different both terrible and great ways that we want to just go over uh, step by step with you guys, man. And um, we definitely have experience in the in the area. To you definitely part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to um, yes. So the first thing we want to say is that we want to reiterate that conflict is a natural thing. Yep. Right. Like conflict is a natural thing, and running away from it um, is not healthy. Right. You know, again, you have two people coming from different walks of life. Um, and yes, a good goal could be some you somebody could say, well, you know, why don't I just pick people that are most like me? And sure. Right. Like we're called to be peaceful among all men. And I think a lot of wisdom and discernment is being proactive on the front end and just kind of seeing a person, observing how they operate and picking and choosing whether you want them to be in your life anyway. Right. 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 But even when you get it right, is the is the lemon worth the squeeze? Even when you get it right, even when you like you do all of the wisdom and discernment, you're like this this person's a pretty good person. Like I think I would like to add them into my life. There are still going to be ways in which you guys are just not clones or twins or alike, and at some point you there will be a little bit of tension. And it, and when I say tension, I don't mean like this is brawl in the street. I just mean that you guys will be coming from two different places and have different opinions on how something should be done. Right, right. Right. Um, and so the thing about finding people that are just like you is that I find that most times when people specifically pick people that are just like them, those people are extremely stubborn. Because they have everybody around them that are like pretty much yes people. And so it creates this like bubble forced where you you can't really see outside of the bubble you're always being affirmed so you don't right you don't see the opportunities for growth or where you could possibly um go wrong in this area no it's it's and all groups do this it could be friend groups it could be political groups it can be racial groups it can be um just groups in general like if you struggle with doing life with people who challenge you in challenge your ideas and your thoughts then um you're gonna have a really hard time or because you, you're just gonna be coming from one vantage point yeah i'd agree i mean um in general when it comes to like not seeing like surrounding and insulating yourself with a whole bunch of yes men um what's essentially happening is 
you are, like I said, you're constantly being affirmed. You don't know in any way, shape, or form where your North Star is because you can't juxtapose it with anyone of a different opinion. Right. Um, so therefore, you always think that you're just, you know, in the right space because there's no conflict. Right. But once you start to hear other people's opinions, you start to realize, oh, I never thought about it that way. Right. Or if you're not so, uh, you know, open to other people's opinions, you probably have a more <laughs> stubborn response in which you're telling people, you know, maybe where they can go and kick rocks and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. Right. It's extremely crippling. Very extremely crippling. Um. In addition to that, again, there are people who completely avoid conflict altogether, yeah. and that is also equally as crippling. Yeah, right. Especially when you are doing life with people, and especially when it comes to marriage, like not wanting conflict is, like you said, it's like a handicap to your relationship because your relationship never gets a chance to grow because everything is being swept under the rug because you're just busy avoiding conflict. It's not that the conflict isn't there or it goes away. It's just, we've just hit it for a while. You know, it's like, it's like, um, like, it's it's like you know like people have certain areas in their house where it's like all the miscellaneous stuff yeah. that you don't know what to do with or you haven't organized yet goes and it's like that's where it is it's not gone like you haven't it hasn't yeah. disappeared you haven't thrown it away um but it's it's there it's it's just and it's all piling up yep and yeah. it, it, at first it's out of sight out of mind and right. then because you keep letting it pile up eventually has to be dealt with and faced squarely right but um you know like i feel like conflict overall it shows that you care Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like it's like it's like fight with me. Let yeah. me see that you care about me. Fight with me. But no, I'm not fighting, but seriously, it's like when they say that the opposite of um love isn't hate, it's indifference. Yes. And so Apathy. and yeah. when you um when you engage in just working through things with somebody, it shows that you love them. And when you choose to like um, distance yourself from working through something with somebody, um, that is like it comes off as indifference. Yeah, conflict shows that you care. I'm actually uh, reminded of I remember hearing a story about a uh, former slave. Um, and she was with the Quakers. If y'all remember the history of this nation, the Quakers are the first people who kind of like like broke the bounds as far as to say like, yeah, black people should not be in slavery, right? Mm-hmm. But the Quakers also had issues with actually fellowshipping with those same black people that they believe should be free. Mm-hmm. So this particular black woman having grown up with the Quakers was like, no, it's not enough that I'm just free. Mm-hmm. You are my brother and sister in Christ and I love you enough to tell you that you are wrong in this issue. Mm-hmm. This is what love looks like. This is what conflict looks like and the proper way to actually handle it. Right. It means that you care. That's why you're confronting the person in the first place because you believe that they are have better character than the the, the character that they're right. Like, right now. I believe that you're better than this. Like I believe in both of us because I don't want to be like, oh, it's a you thing and not a me thing. And we're going to talk about that later. But like conflict, me wanting to engage with, there are some people where it's like, if you, if you give me enough, what is it called? Like if you give me enough resistance or if you show me certain things about you that like you can't even handle this discussion. Like I'm right. not even going to do whatever you want. Like do whatever you want to me. Like I'm yeah. not even, I don't really respect your, your intellect to be able to handle this 
So, right. But if I decide to actually like work through something with you, it's because I respect your mind yeah. and I respect that we're better than this and we can move past this point. And so I totally agree with you, man. I feel like conflict means that you are, like I said, like respect. It's like you, it means you're an able-bodied person with an opinion that I respect, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, you know, conflict is not a bad thing. It's actually um, really good. So, you know, and again, this doesn't mean that you're always looking for conflict because that's not healthy either. But it means that when you come, you're not surprised. A lot of the times why people don't want to um, engage in conflict resolution is because they're shocked. How did we get here? And it's like, if you fix your perspective to be like, how did we not get here? Why not? Like, we're right. both sinful creatures. Like, why would we not not have some type of conflict? Conflict, right? Either I'm sinning or you're sinning or, or both of us are sinning. Right. Why would we not end up, you know, intersecting and, and, and butting heads on that? Um, another reason for um, people showing that they care mm -hmm. uh, or not showing that they care, I should say, and mm -hmm. being apathetic mm -hmm. is because they look at they look at how quickly, if I confront this issue, if I have conflict with this person, how quickly will it be resolved? Hmm. Elaborate. Yeah. And what I mean by that is simply that, like, there are some people who say, okay, they make the calculation in their head, and they say, okay, if I confront this person, this probably will be like, you know, maybe, you know, a day or two, or maybe a couple hours, maybe a couple minutes. But they themselves are willing to go through that with that particular person. Mm -hmm. But then some people, they say to themselves, well, I think this is going to take like, you know, um, several months on end of back and forth and yada, yada, yada. And therefore, I'm not going to conflict. I'm not going to have conflict with this person. And there's the that's when the apathy comes in. Mm. That's when the lack of the resolution comes in because yeah. they've made they've prejudged that person to not have the ability to come to a resolution with uh, with them. Yeah. And so which is can be okay but also can be very wrong and we'll talk about that later right so wrapping up this point conflict is a natural thing please do not run from it um god has placed people in your life to help you do life and sometimes um conflict is just god's way of saying this i want you to learn something in this and sharpen yourself so you like you always want to ask yourself what is god trying to teach me even through this conflict right so all right we know that conflict is natural. So what do we do when we have conflict, right? It's not about the conflict, like we said. It's not about the conflict itself, but it's about how you handle the conflict, right? Um, and handling conflict the right way can truly make a relationship great. Um, I mean, people feel like that's only like a marriage thing. And honestly, there are different levels of relationships. So, yes, when you get married, you do enter into a covenant. And so, um, you know, you are going to have a lot of conflict till death do you part. But sometimes people feel like you can't have that in relationships that are not a marriage relationship. Right. right? Um, you know, like very good friendships get better. Yeah. through conflict handled the right way very good in-law relationships um even when you have kids like kid relationships when they're older um you know those relationships can become really great um if the conflict is handled in a way that is respectful yeah. um and also um with reconciliation um as the focus and the goal yeah i think of so many different examples in the bible um foremost the front obviously is jesus um 
him having that inner circle of, of, of uh, disciples who he had conflict with. Mm -hmm. um, him still showing like, you know, like Peter being his ace and um, at the same time, like being able to tell Peter to himself, like, you know, get behind me, Satan. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, uh, after he rises from the dead, he's like, Let, let's cook some fish real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's, 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 let's get this behind us type of situation. Yeah. Um, and then even when you have like, you know, flawed people in the Bible, um, mm -hmm. David is confronted by, uh, I, I believe it's Jonathan mm -hmm. and, or yeah, Jonathan. And he tells, and Jonathan tells him like, Hey, you, what you did was messed up, bro. Like you took this other man's wife and you put him on the front line to get him killed. That is messed up. And as your friend, it would, I, I cannot call myself your friend without, telling without you telling you this. Right. You know what I'm saying, so I think, um, I think it's, it's about conflict also almost in a way shows your integrity. Right. You know, so that's something I was thinking about as well. Yeah. And so, um, when we have conflict, you know, how we handle it is important and how we handle it is all about accountability. Right. Um, we kind of just touched on this. Sam just touched on why we struggle with accountability. Um, you know, it's crazy how many people view accountability as an attack on themselves. And I think that it has a lot to do with justice culture where we are raised to be really hard. Like yeah. um, we feel like the harder we are is the more is the more serious that we will be taken. And so. We always have to present ourselves like we have it all together. We always have to present ourselves like we never do anything wrong. This is why a lot of people, especially women, have a really hard time with apologizing. Or you find men that were, you know, that are that were raised more so, more so by their mom, like harder to apologize um, because yeah. they have a lot of um, pride um, because they view it as a weakness. Like I'm showing my slip if for some reason I was ever wrong. Yeah. And I've just, I mean, I've just never had that mentality. Like I've yeah. like, I've, I've always just felt like this is life. Like, you know, I think it's just me coming from a Jamaican like household. Like we talk about things pretty freely. Yeah. And so for me, nothing is really taboo for me. Like, I feel like we all are humans. We all kind of do the same things. Um, and so like, why would I be afraid to like, talk about something with anyone and so yeah. while I make mistakes so why would I be a, why would I not be able to see that another person could or my child could or like you know my mother could right yeah. um but accountability is um what makes what makes conflict worth a while right yeah. like just knowing <laughs> that you have people that um the respect you enough to acknowledge what is going on yeah I think the lesson is truly learned when accountability is actually had. Mm -hmm. um, and the only way, how can I say this? If, if I'm going to be honest about my own upbringing, mm -hmm. there is many ways in which I definitely accountability was like part of my life, like just a day to day thing. Mm -hmm. Like you had consequences for things. I mean, even I think for boys in general, because we do like to do a lot of rough tumble and play type of stuff. And mm -hmm. when we're playing with other boys um, and other, you know, as we grow up into teenagers and stuff like that, there's always the low um, undercurrent of violence that can occur 
from any situation between boys, right? Okay. And because of the undercurrent of violence, mm-hmm. you know that before you say something to somebody, mm-hmm. understand you could get just hit, you could just get hit in the mouth for being so rude. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's one of those things that um, I also was protected from, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, my parents, at a certain age, did be they came into a lot of wealth, mm-hmm. um, and they worked hard for that. But at the same time they insulated us from certain consequences. Maybe mm-hmm. we acted up in this way or another and they insulated us because of their access to certain funds and things like that, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So then you didn't get held accountable for certain things, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, maybe dad made it go away or whatever like that, right? Mm-hmm. But well, Made it go away? Not, Were you a not, criminal? Not in an I illegal didn't know. sense. Not in an illegal sense, but uh, what I mean is that ladies, vet the he, man had, he, he had his own Here I am on year five and just found out that my man is a cone <laughs> stole a cold stone serial killer that has killed hundreds of people. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Okay. Dramatic. All right. So, but yes. So um, yeah, I just, I just simply think that um, accountability is something. That, I mean, some of y'all had nothing but accountability growing up. Some of y'all had a little bit of a mixed bag. Some of y'all had no accountability. You I'm about to say, like, like, I feel like I was grew, I grew up like having like I always had to be accountable. Now, yeah. maybe not everybody in my family was accountable to me, but I was raised to be accountable to be considerate to be etc and um drill sergeant style and some of those things are still in me today and so but yeah man like you know accountability is 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 very important show me a person that does not know how to be accountable and i will show you a truly weak person emotionally um and so you know say you're listening to this and you're like okay I hear you. You're you're tugging at my heartstrings. I need to be more accountable. Where do I start? How do you do it? And so you start with an apology. But before we go into the apology, before we go into apologies and accountability, let me just say this right now. An apology is not accountability. It's part. Okay. Not accountability. It is not accountability. But it is the first step to reconciliation. Yeah. Right? It's called acknowledgement. That's what it is. So, right. An apology is, it just means I acknowledge you. Right? Um, And sometimes you don't even get there because people look at an apology as defeat. And so sometimes you can't even get to accountability because the person won't even give you an apology because they're so paralyzed by their pride. Right. But say you get past the apology. Say the person you're in conflict with someone and either you apologize or the person apologizes to you. Right. In addition to an, ap- a, 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 an apology, accountability is also an acknowledgement of truth. Yeah. Acknowledgement of what actually happened. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not a, oh, we disagreed. We agreed to disagree type of thing. Um, it's what does God say? And how did our actions either go against or support what he says, says right right exactly. and sometimes there is a gray area where god doesn't necessarily give us a command in this area but outside of that both people should be able to recall the conflict or the situation how it happened looking through the lord's lens and yeah. saying at which part did i go wrong right right yeah and i always like to me and Rowan, we've talked about uh, accountability in the past Maybe not just the issue of accountability, but maybe an actual conflict that we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to go through things chronologically. 
Um, that's something that is very, very key because a lot of times people bring up the offense that happened and how they felt about the offense and just spill on and spill on about how they emotionally felt in the time that it happened. It's like, how do but we get here? But they don't remember chronologically when how we they got there. first started. Like, exactly, how we got there. Yes. And they maybe they forgot how maybe, you know, they actually took an action that hurt your feelings. Like I always say, like, you know, we're parent <laughs> we're parents now and it's just like if we are blessed to have another child and, you know, um Hillary and her sibling gets into an argument and um you know, Hillary was poking at her sibling, um, poking, 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 and then at some point my sibling the sibling smacks Hillary upside yeah. the head. And Hillary comes to me and she's crying because she got smacked upside the head. I'm going to tell the sibling we don't hit, but I'm also going to tell Hillary you had it coming. Right. Exactly. Okay. And and what you're doing is not okay either. Right. And so I think we people, they miss that. Um, it's real easy to and, do with kids when they're small. And, and, and people miss that. And a lot of times they feel like an apology can mask it. And a lot of times an apology is just a band-aid on an open wound but there's no treatment being put in on the scar yeah um right acknowledgement of truth accurate chronological truth is the medicine you know what's funny about that ro even our kid (laughs) hillary has already learned how to say i'm sorry guys right she's two and a half she knows how to say i'm sorry I'm One sorry. thing my baby girl, girl do, she's She so knows sorry. how to say that. It's really easy to say that. It's not hard to say I'm sorry. Yeah. But people do the exact same thing that our child does just in the grown-up mm-hmm. way. They're just trying to say the I'm sorry so they can avoid the consequence of what it is they actually did. And you know, this and is something that I had to we learn. Have to do what? We have to pick Hillary up and even show her. This is what you did that was wrong. And I had to learn this as a wife because yeah. me, like, it's not... It's nothing for me to say I'm sorry. Like, in our relationship, I am the person where it's just like, okay, let's talk about it. Okay, you mad? Like, all right, let's, let's apologize. Like, what's the big deal? Like, you mad? Like, let's go watch TV afterwards. Like, and Sam is like, I'm more, no, but, I like to stew like, over it. I like to think about but it. But you hurt me. Yeah. And so that's something that I had to learn as a wife is that it's not just an apology. It's making it right as well. And so that brings us to our next point. Um, what separates accountability from just an apology is that accountability has a consequence attached to it. And consequence doesn't necessarily mean that you're losing something. Now, I want to be clear. Sometimes it does, right? Sometimes when you do something to offend someone, you lose that person or you lose their trust forever. So it's important to be mindful of what you're doing and when you're doing it. You can't avoid everything, but it's important to try. You kids can't be out here willy-nilly in it and then expect to get the same person back, right? But sometimes the consequence is that you are responsible for rebuilding the relationship. Yeah. And I feel like that's where we get tired. It's like, oh, but I apologized. And it's like, okay, you apologize. So like now what? I'm still, I'm still bruised. I'm still hurting. Reconciliation um, means repairing. It means healing. It means patching things up. Right. And, you know, I don't want this to be confused with milking things. Right. Like you don't have to, 
be angry if you're not angry like you don't have to beef right like if you're truly over something and somebody has apologized to you like take the apology and move forward right but sometimes there are offenses that take longer to heal than the apology and it's important that when we are making an apology or trying to take accountability, we are also taking into the account the call to action that accountability has to rebuild what we broke. Yeah. A common phrase that you can easily use to figure out what your consequence needs to be is, hey, man, how can I make this up to you? Yeah. And let the person decide. Let that person decide and be willing to allow that. We have people who have said things to us that is like, well, you know, they literally will talk to other people and say, well, you know, um, I just don't think that they're going to be willing to forgive. It's like, it's not on you for you to decide if someone is willing to forgive. Yeah. It's, it's on you to take accountability, take right. your response, take responsibility for what you did. Right. Whether the person accepts the person, it or whether not. they accept it or not. You come forward, you say what it is that you did, confess that sin, and then say, hey, how can I make this up to you? I am I'm, I'm deeply sorry for what I did. How can I make this up to you? Right. But, you know, like I said before, that takes a lot of humility, and that humility is very much lacking in 2023. And it's funny because we have all the things. We're all girl bosses. We're all male bosses. We're all CEOs. We're all smart. We all have degrees. But as soon as you get into a conflict with a person, you'll see just how small we actually are. Yeah. And so it's important that um, the call to action to rebuild is just as important for us. Now, what does rebuilding look, look like? like? Right. Um, we are nearing the end of this podcast and I think that we want to try to put that in there. Just like what are some tangible things that you can take with you after listening to this? What does rebuilding look like? And the first thing I can think of is continuing to try to make things right, even when the other person isn't trying. Yeah. And again, this, this is what I say. I think this is when we start getting tired because we're just like, well, I'm, I'm putting in the work. I'm trying I am, you know, they're dead. They're not meeting me halfway. And it's like sometimes you need to pick that person up on your back and take the both of you to the next level in your relationship yeah. because you broke it. Right. It's like, say, if you experience infidelity in your marriage, it's like you don't tell the wife, OK, well, I apologize. And we went to some counseling. So, like, just get over it. It's your job as the man or whoever is unfaithful mm-hmm. to pick your spouse up not physically, but like, you know, like figuratively pick them up and take them to the next stage of your marriage where you guys say, we got through this. Yeah. Right. You can't just be stubborn and you get discouraged when, um, the person like you, you've shattered a vase into a million pieces and you're upset that there's, that there's still cracks because you're trying to patch it up. And it's just like, you just, you just can't do that. This is why earlier when we first started the podcast, one of the, one of the myths that we dispelled, um, because conflict actually happens most often with the person you're closest with, which mm-hmm. is your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the myths we dispelled is that whole 50, 50 thing, right? The whole thing mm-hmm. about, Oh, um, you um, know, everything a, is a 50, 50 marriage won't work. Yeah. 50, 50 marriage mm-hmm. won't work. Yeah. And it's going to be a hundred, a hundred. It's two whole people. 
coming together. And if I'm if I am not doing or as the imperfect human being that I am, that God created me to be Mm -hmm. and God also sovereignly decided he was going to pair me with this woman and having paired me with this woman, if I am imperfect today, which I will be. She is willing to help me cross that finish line. And if she's imperfect today, no matter what, even if she, let's say she's giving 47%, I'm going to give 100%. And we are going to cross that finish line. She's going to cross that finish line with me. Right. And so that's within a marriage anyway. And so what you're saying is what you're saying, you're, okay. So what you're saying is like, if for some reason you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I am going to provide the 60 to your 40, right? Mm-hmm. But what 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 we are talking about in this podcast is not when it's a situation where you've done wrong and I am bridging the gap. Mm-hmm. It's when you've done wrong and you need to bridge the gap. Right. That's so true as well. so 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 there's a part of marriage where there's, there's a part of marriage where it's like right, you're giving 40 today and I'm going to give 60. But as a part of marriage where because you offended me, I'm giving zero and it's your job to fix what you broke. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm referring to. I'm referring yeah. to when you have messed up and the other person does not want to reconcile and you have that I, the, the the tendency, the 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 tendency or the sin I would even say is for us to say well, like I said before, the people who say, oh, well, they're not going to forgive me anyway, so I might as well just, right. you know, let it go or whatever, and she'll get over it or he'll get over it, whatever like that, right? Yeah. And what I'm saying is, look, bro, you knew, I remember I had a friend I told about this a while ago, like, you made an action that caused her to distrust you. And because you made that action that caused her to distrust you, you now have to decide because it's going to take time to rebuild that trust that are you going to carry your cross? This is something my dad taught me back when I was real, real, real young, real young. I remember, you know, everything in my parents' life has been um, on the outside, probably looking in, it looks like rainbows and stuff like that. But like on the inside, there are conflicts that my mom and dad have had. There are times where it's not always the most pleasant in the house. And yes, there are times, don't get me wrong, you should not fight in front of your kids. I don't think you should do that. But there are times it happened. There are times when it happened. And those times when it happened, it made me question dad. I was like, dad, why are you, why are you, um, or question mom even, why are you staying for this? Or question dad, why are you staying for this? And he told me, I made a vow to your mother and I'm going to carry that cross. Some of y'all have also made promises with certain friends of yours that look, you you offended your friend and it was on accident, but guess what? You're saying, I'm gonna go with you. I'm still gonna go with you, and I'm still gonna tell you, hey man, I'm sorry about this thing. And Listen. sometimes it was intentional. Yeah. And, you know, I wanna talk about that too, because I feel like when we are um entering into the conversations of accountability and reconciliation sometimes it's really easy to say well, oh I didn't mean to offend you but sometimes it's like based on your insecurity based mm-hmm. on your um, projection um, you did 
like you, it was a conscious decision to treat someone unfairly based on your insecurity or projection. Yeah. Sometimes apologies are, sometimes conflict is not just as simple as, oh, I was walking past you and didn't realize your foot was there and I stepped on your shoe. It's like, no, I actually belittled you. Sometimes it was, I I intentionally am dealing with a character flaw in me and that caused me to mistreat you, which caused us to be where we are. Right. And it's very important that we address that, Claire, because you don't get to account. Part of accountability means you don't get to like skate past the gravity and the weight of what you have done. You have to own it. Yep. Right. And so, yes, all of that is there. So in addition to um, continuing to try to make things right, another way that you rebuild is undoing tradition. Right. Like, yeah, mom always acted this way, but it's harming (laughs) my wife. So we have to dismantle that, even if mama has been doing it for 20 years. I was always raised so that. And that's why I sometimes do. It's like, nah, bro. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Or your friend group, right? Like maybe they're just, they just have a way that they go about things. It's just their natural way of how they exist. And maybe it works for them, but somebody new has come into the picture and um, they're a little nasty. It, it has to end here. Yeah. Like it just has to end. Right. And even if you think about it on a, like a political standpoint, it's just like, these laws have been here from the founding fathers, but yeah. now that we know that they are wrong, Same we have thing. to dismantle them. Conflict resolution has to happen. And if you don't if you don't tackle it, then you better believe it's going to either like the same way it would go on in a personal relationship. Mm-hmm. It will go on from generation in to a community generation of people, within a yeah. nation. So, I mean, that is just, that's how it works. People love doing you wrong and then leaving you for dead. <laughs> like that, That's the real summary of this whole thing, guys. What's good? <laughs> like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's insane. It's like, th- it could all be so simple, but you'd rather make it hard. Um, like, it's just like, this is crazy. Um, right? I'm just like, oh, my Lord. And in addition to that... The last point we have on what does rebuilding look like is protecting the person you hurt by not telling the story to others or telling the story the exact way that it happened. That is what I feel like are true reparations. When I see reparations, I see R-E-P-A-R, repair. R-E-P-A-I-R. Yeah. (laughs) Got you. Listen. Repair-rations. Listen. (laughs) But you get the point. Yeah. Reparations. So you're trying to repair. And so you have to do that by protecting the person as well. So now in a perfect world, we would all be able to easily have conversations and communications and reconcile. But we know that that's not always the case. We've had our own experiences. Exactly. We've had issues between us where it's like the best thing for us to do is just like come back another day or just realize that this is not a big issue to where any of us wants to like go head to head and like yeah. let's just drop it, mm-hmm. right? We've had experiences with friend groups where it's just like because you're so head strong on you what you're doing, we cannot reconcile with you 
And, you know, we know other people who have had in-law relationships where that has occurred as well, where it's just like, we're going to put some distance between us because um, you will not acknowledge and you won't be accountable. So the last, last portion of our podcast is what to do when you cannot reconcile. I would say, man, uh, the best way to go about this uh, for all y'all listening is be at peace with all men. That mm-hmm. means that, like, you know, even if we can't reconcile, even if we can't necessarily get to a point to where we agree on something, um, <laughs> what was that? It was a phrase at the end of uh, uh, Scissor's album where she, her her mother oh, says, yeah, I was like, you don't got to, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't got to say nothing bad about me. I got to say nothing bad about yeah. you. Yeah, something like that. And that's 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 just really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Like it's real simple. I love the way she put that. If y'all ever hear it, then y'all know y'all know where we got it from. But like, yeah, you don't have to say anything. Like, I don't have to. This does not have to become gossip, slander, or um, some sort of libel against you. So right, yeah, that's, yeah, man. That's what I always say. You just know, try to keep peace. It's so funny because like even when I know that there realistically there are times where you just can't reconcile, but. Not being able to reconcile with someone, that is what is failure to me. Mm. Like, I don't feel defeated often, but when I'm not able to reconcile with somebody, I truly feel like I've failed. Okay. I really do. Um, I know in our society, like, nobody cares. Like, everybody's just kind of like, oh, uh, I don't got to rock with you. I cut her off. I get it. And it's fine. But it's just like. That's whack to me. Yeah. Like, I, I feel you. like when you can't reconcile with somebody, I feel like you can get past anything with the right communication and just the right love for one another. And we just us being in our flesh, we always choose either the pride or we choose the messy, the shady. We just do it. I don't mind the apology part. I don't mind admitting my own fault. I don't mind taking consequence. I just think that I've just run into some people that I know mind those things. Yeah. They mind, you know, I would say uh, either taking the consequence or admitting the root of the problem as far as for what the actual issue is. Yeah. And therefore, you know, we just... uh, had to go our separate ways but like i said guys peace with all men you don't gotta i ain't i ain't you guys are never gonna get the details on that and that's on purpose because you never know what god has in plan you never know what god has in store for you you never know when you're gonna run into that person again and whether or not that opportunity will be fresh time will have healed some wounds and don't don't get me started on time healing wounds because time does not <laughs> heal wounds. <laughs> Listening to this podcast and applying what we say does. Oh, okay. All because right. if 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 you were crazy to me a year ago, five years ago, time time healing wounds had some assumptions within it. Though. If if you if you were mean to me five years ago and you the same person, the only thing that just passed is five years. Yeah, I'm I mean, dealing with the same thing. That's what I mean by time healing wounds has. There, that phrase in of itself has assumptions within it. It's basically saying that time has all wounds in the sense of as time passes, as people mature, mm-hmm. they start to realize, I didn't really deal well with this person back in the day. Okay, well, that's the only then, way I can get with but it. But that's what I mean by time heals all wounds, yeah. Yeah. 
At least in my eyes. Yeah. And then when all else fails, talk to some older people that can hold you accountable, accountable. Yeah. hold both parties accountable. Um, you know, if you know that you're, if you know that if there are any third parties in your conflict situation, if you're a married couple that can be your in-laws or your best friends, if you know that they cannot handle proper advice when conflict has arised, then you don't need to be telling them the, the situation. Right. Because exactly. they can't. They can't pour into you effectively. Um, have people in your corner that um, want to see you reconcile with someone. Yeah. Like if you go to them and you say, hey, I'm having an issue with somebody. Their first thought should be like, how can I do my part in helping you guys get back together? Right. Back reconciled. Um, anything else than that, then they don't necessarily need to be privy to what's going on. Yeah. Y'all apologize, like, and not just apologize, but be accountable. Yeah. Like, own your stuff. You know, like people who cannot be accountable, they are horrible at being accountable when they're single. When they date, they don't know how to be accountable. They are horrible spouses and even more horrible parents. Facts. facts. And um, it can all be so simple. <laughs> Yeah, it all accountability leads into it bleeds into everything. Yep, it bleeds into your work relationships, your relationships with your spouse, as Hillary, as uh, Rose said, uh, your relationships with your children, your relationships with your parents, all of it, your friends, all of it. It all it the way you do one thing, I promise you, is the way you're probably doing them all. Yes, and just so. remember, as we go, there's always a choice. There's always a choice. So yep. today. Choose accountability. Choose accountability. All right, y'all. We will see you in the next one. Take care. Bye. Doses.